Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and today we are diving into a step study. Today we will be in that handy dandy field guide known as the 12 Steps in 12 Traditions, and we will be working on step eight. So step eight. Step eight is one of those steps that's really, really short in the big book and has a lot built into it. And in that build-in in step eight is the idea that we hurt a lot of people. And no one really wants to think about that. I, I can tell you for my own self that if I get too far along with comfort and life gets good, and I've had this happen even recently, I, I really have a hard time thinking about the people that I've hurt in the past. I have a difficult time assigning ownership of my behavior to people that I've hurt in the past. And if on a good day, if I'm in a good mood and things are going my way, it might be even... Maybe next to impossible even for me to sit back and say, oh, here's a list of 150, 60 people that I believe I've affected in a bad way in the past. And step eight is really trying to put that list together. And for a lot of us, it'll be at least that many people. And what's crazy about it is we don't have any notion of it. So if you get into your big book, and I'm pulling that up right here right now, on page 76, we got steps six and seven on there for sure, and some of eight and some of nine. And in those steps, you know, this is the change that's happening in our lives. As we step away from step seven, it says, hey, it's time to go on and live life. And what exactly are we going to do first? What's the first thing that you do? Well, the amends process. That's the first thing that you do. We're going to bring the amends process to bear so that we can hold our own heads high. One of the things we did when we hurt other people was we hurt ourselves too. Every single act of debauchery that I brought into this world had a corresponding consequence. I may not have experienced that consequence, and I like to put it out there like this, that I have a backpack on, right? It's my past. And in that backpack, I pick up rocks along the way, and those are those rocks represent rocks I threw at people, ways that I've hurt other people. And I pick up these rocks and I throw them in my backpack, right? They're behind me. And they are behind me. They're right behind me. And I don't realize it. Just one gravel, piece of gravel at a time, one rock at a time, some bigger than others. I fill up this backpack and there comes a day I just can't carry it anymore. I don't know why it's so heavy. I can't remember what's in the backpack. And the process of step eight is pulling those rocks out one at a time and taking a look at them and identifying who this is and what you did. And step nine is to clear your side of the street, to address it, acknowledge it, own it, and then get rid of it, to get rid of it. And hopefully through a process of mutual forgiveness and love and understanding, it's a very enlightening thing. And then there could also be a different process where people say, you know, I'm glad you're out of my life and I want you just to stay out of my life, right? That can happen too. In any case, you're just cleaning your side of the street in step nine. But in step eight, what we're addressing is, People that we've hurt. Step eight and nine kind of mishmash together for a lot of people. And right at the end, we'll go over the traditional way that a lot of people look at actually the physical application of step eight. But the book differs from that application. The book is going to address how we hurt other people, how to identify in what ways we hurt other people, some of the different ways that we might try to avoid this idea and ways we can get past that. So let's dive in. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed 
and became willing to make amends to them all. So there's a lot packed into that right there, and we'll unpack that as we get along. Steps eight and nine are concerned with personal relations. First, we take a look backward and try to discover where we have been at fault. Pull that pebble out of the backpack, that rock, that maybe that big old rock, right? Where we have been at fault. Next, we make key word. I love his words. Next, we make a vigorous attempt to repair the damage we have done. That's ninth step, right? And third, having thus cleaned away the debris of the past, we consider how, with our newfound knowledge of ourselves, we may develop the best possible relations with who? With every human being we know. Every single human being you know. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? Are you building new resentments? Are you putting your sobriety at risk through judgmentalism? Are you putting your sobriety at risk through self-righteousness, political arguments, religious arguments, all sorts of arguments about AA or whatever, you know, arguments about your household, how to raise the kids, whatever it is. Are you living there or are you living here? Developing the best possible relations with every human being we know. Whoa, that's a, that's a lot, right? This is a very large order. Whew, I'm glad he acknowledged that. It is a task which we may perform with increasing skill, but never really finish. So back at the sixth step, he talked about how we aim at perfection. We aim at that ideal. We live where it's real. We aim at the ideal, knowing we can't always get there and live in the real. It's the real and the ideal cohabitating in a goal. Learning how to live in the greatest peace, partnership, and brotherhood with who? All. That, that would be like everybody, especially that person you don't like. All men and women of whatever description is a moving and fascinating adventure. We lose interest in selfish things, meaning our opinion. And we gain interest in our fellows, which would be those people we don't necessarily like. Oof. Every AA has found that he can make little headway in this new adventure of living until he first backtracks and really makes an accurate and unsparing survey of the human wreckage he has left in his wake. Oof. You ready? That's what it's about. You can pull out the buckets and go to the four-step list and all that. We're going to talk about it. This is the heart of the matter. We want to take an accurate and unsparing survey of the human wreckage we have left in our wake. To a degree, he has already done this when taking moral inventory, but now the time has come when he owes, that he owes this process, that he ought to redouble, double down on your efforts to see how many people he has hurt and in what ways. Character defects. How did our character defects lead us to hurt other people? This reopening of emotional wounds, some old, some perhaps forgotten, and some still painfully festering, will at first look like a purposeless and pointless piece of surgery. Let's qualify that. Are you ready? But if a willing, 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 underline willing, capitalize willing, bold it, highlight it, willing, start is made, then the great advantages of doing this will so quickly reveal themselves that the pain will be lessened as one obstacle after another melts away. Just picture it. That's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. These things are going to melt away. These obstacles, however, are very real. I'm so glad he used the word obstacles because the obstacle is the path. Couldn't be more better illustrated right here. 
the obstacle, going towards these obstacles and practicing these steps makes them the path, gets you stronger. Why learn all these spiritual tools if you're not going to use them? The first and one of the most difficult has to do with forgiveness. The moment we ponder a twisted or broken relationship with another person, our emotions go on the defensive. It's not my fault, right? Not my fault. To escape looking at the wrongs, we have done another. We resentfully, number one offender, we resentfully focus on the wrong he has done us. Quick and important fact. This is especially true if he has, in fact, behaved badly at all. Triumphantly, self-righteously, with a great deal of certainty, triumphantly we seize upon his misbehavior as the perfect excuse for minimizing or forgetting our own. Ooh, self-righteousness is the real problem for many of us, isn't it? It really is. Right here, we need to fetch ourselves up sharply. Come on, Dan. It doesn't make much sense when a real toss pot calls a kettle black. I guess, okay. Let's remember that alcoholics are not the only ones bedeviled by sick emotions. Moreover, it is usually a fact that, and this is important, our behavior when drinking has aggravated the defects of others. We've repeatedly strained the patience of our best friends to a snapping point. We push and we push and we push and we push to a snapping point and have brought out the very worst in those who didn't think much of us to begin with. And they were kind and they were patient and then they were maybe not so kind and maybe not. Then they were mad and then they were mean because they're just done with it. You know, they're done with people like me. In many instances, we are really dealing with fellow sufferers, people we drag into it with us. The misery that loved company was me, right? People whose woes we have increased. If we are now about to ask forgiveness for ourselves, which almost sounds foolish after that last sentence, why shouldn't we start out by forgiving them one and all? We go first. That's such a critical idea, right? We have all these spiritual tools. We have the steps. We have the group. We have the book. We have the higher power. We go first. By demonstrating the courage and strength, the willingness and faith, the patience and kindness, the gentleness, the level of tolerance, the focus on ourselves and not on the other person, by doing these things, man, do we make a powerful spiritual statement. Even if it's not received in the moment, it is received. It is. It'll blow people's minds. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've been right there having that experience. When listening to people we have harmed, most of us hit another solid obstacle. I thought I just took my four-step list. How could I hit an obstacle? Right? I just take my four-step list. Right? Now, that four-step list is just a beginning. It's just a place to start. We hit a solid obstacle. We got a pretty severe shock when we realized that we were preparing we were preparing to make face-to-face -face admission of our wretched conduct to those we had hurt. Bill didn't spare the words here. He's not trying to say, man, it wasn't all that bad. I mean, everybody's doing it. Everybody was drunk or high or whatever. Our wretched conduct to those we hurt. It had been embarrassing enough when in confidence we had admitted these things to God, to ourselves, and to another human being at fist step. But the prospect of actually visiting or even writing the people concerned now overwhelmed us. And you might experience that as it just shutting down. Like you can't think about it. 
you remember it today while you're sitting with your sponsor, or you're sitting in a meeting, and two hours later, you can't think of it for your life, right? The fear in you just doesn't want it out, just shuts it down. There were cases, too, where we had damaged others who were still happily unaware of being hurt. Why, we cried, shouldn't bygones be bygones? Why do we have to think of these people at all? These were some of the ways in which fear, fear conspired with pride to hinder our making of a list of all the people we had harmed. So fear, a, a great acronym you won't hear anywhere else. It's a brand new one to you. It's one that's just manufactured out of the clear blue sky. Fear stands for friends, enemies, associates, and relatives. Because that's really what we're afraid of. And that's what he's spelling out here. The idea of sitting in front of these people is fearful. I, I feel overwhelmed maybe, or maybe I don't feel anything at all. That's that step past overwhelmed, where it's just gone. I don't feel anything. I'm not willing. I can't get in touch with it. If you wait too long in recovery, you'll find that this is a much more difficult thing to overcome because that happens. You feel good. You feel better. Your life's better. A little money in the bank. Things are cruising along. You got four or five years sober. And you really just don't want to get into this anymore. The urgency has left you. So he goes on. Some of us, though, tripped over a very different snag. We clung to the claim that when drinking, we never hurt anybody but ourselves. Could there be anything more foolish? Our families didn't suffer because we always paid the bills and seldom drank at home. Our business associates didn't suffer because we were usually on the job. Our reputations hadn't suffered because we were certain few knew of our drinking. That's just delusional. Those who did would sometimes assure us that, after all, a lively bender was only a good man's fault. What real harm, therefore, had we done? No more, surely, than we could have easily amended with a few casual apologies. I'm sorry, it's just not going to do it here, folks. He's going to go on. This attitude, of course, is the end result of, I love this, purposeful forgetting. Purposeful, for, I forgot on purpose. Is that really forgetting? <laughs> I'm not sure. That seems like a paradox. Purposeful forgetting. It is an attitude, a, a way to approach things, a way of thinking, an attitude which can only be changed by a, here's how you change it, a deep and honest search of our motives and actions. And you're going to need a sponsor. I think in my experience, you have to have a sponsor to do that deep and honest search because the old secret place up here doesn't like to keep track of things all that accurately when it deals with how I've been behaving. Anyway, he goes on, though in some cases we cannot make restitution at all, and in some cases action ought to be deferred, we should nevertheless make an accurate and really exhaustive, that means include every possibility, every possibility, an exhaustive, a really exhaustive survey of our past life as it has affected other people. In many instances, we shall find that though the harm done others has not been great, the emotional harm we have done, who? ourselves that's that pebble in the backpack weighing you down ourselves has very deep sometimes quite forgotten very deep sometimes quite forgotten damaging emotional conflicts persist below the level of consciousness and that's that backpack right that backpack it's right back here and it's full of all those pebbles that i've picked up over time it's just throw it over my shoulder it's behind me it's behind me but it's collecting it is quite forgotten it's damaging emotional conflict that persists at a low level of consciousness. At the time of these occurrences, 
they may actually have given our emotions violent twists, which have since discolored our personalities and altered our lives for the worst. As we run from them, run to drugs, alcohol, sex, money, dominance, you know, bad behavior in some way. While the purpose of making restitution to others is paramount, here's a really critical idea here. Because sometimes we just want to think of the restitution part. It is critical and it is important. But there's this other thing. You guys ready? It is equally necessary that we extricate from an examination of our personal relations every bit of information about ourselves and our fundamental difficulties that we can. Since defective relations with other human beings, friends, enemies, relatives, or associates and relatives, right? Fear, F-E-A-R, friends, enemies, associates, and relatives. It says, since defective relations with other human beings have nearly always been the immediate cause of our woes, including our alcoholism, no field of investigation could yield more satisfying and valuable rewards than this one, than step eight. So you've done this. You're like, man, I did step four, I did five. Oh God, I've got my list of character defects. The, the question after that isn't, what is keeping you from God? The question right now is, how did you leverage these things to hurt other people? We've gotten our way at other people's expense exhaustively across all sorts of platforms of life, all sorts of social interactive places. We've really just taken and taken and been on the take all along. And where were we where might have seemed like we were giving, we were still on the take, right? The whole story of the actor and how it works is a great place to go. That even in our best moments, we were just reapers of confusion in the world. Hmm. Calm. Thoughtful reflection upon personal relations can deepen our insight. We can go far beyond those things which were superficially wrong with us to see those flaws which were basic. So we're getting to the root of this. Flaws which sometimes were responsible for the whole pattern of our lives. Thoroughness, we have found, will pay and pay handsomely. It's so important, right? So important that we're very, very thorough and that we get down to the basic root. Selfishness. Self-centeredness, that we believe to be the root of our trouble. We might next ask ourselves what we mean when we say that we have harmed. That's me. I'm a definition guy. You know what you mean by harmed? What, what exactly are you talking about there? Harmed other people. What kinds of harm <laughs> do people do one another anyway? To define the word harm in a practical way, we might call it the result of instincts in collision, which cause physical mental, emotional, or spiritual damage to people. That includes you, but also other people. So there's your definition. Where have you caused physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual damage to others? Hmm. If our tempers are consistently bad, we arouse anger in others. If we lie or cheat, we deprive others not only of their worldly goods, but of their emotional security and peace of mind, that wreckage that we do by breaking trust. We really issue them an invitation to become contemptuous, which means they have no respect for us, right? We, Im we invite them to disrespect us and vengeful, which is they want to hurt us, vengeful, a desire to do harm, you know? If our sex conduct is selfish, we may excite jealousy, misery, and a strong desire to retaliate in kind. I mean, is there a better reason other than done unto me, I'm going to do unto you, right? Such gross misbehavior is not by any means a full catalog of the harms we do. Let us think of some of the subtler ones, which can sometimes be quite as damaging. 
Suppose that in our family lives, we happen to be miserly, right? Miserly, having to not want to spend any money. I want to give my kids money. You don't need a dollar to go get a Coca-Cola. Get the heck out of here. That kind of person. Irresponsible, callous, you know, which means mean or cold. Suppose that we are irritable. What? I'm not irritable. Don't argue with me. <laughs> I'm not irritable. Critical, impatient, and humorless. Aren't we fun to be around? Suppose we lavish attention upon one another one member of the family and neglect the others. Here's the critical sentence. You guys ready? What happens when we try to dominate the whole family, either by rule of iron or by a constant outpouring of minute directions for just how their lives should be lived from one hour to hour? What happens when we wallow in depression, self-pity oozing from every pore and inflict that upon those about us? Such a roster of harms done others, the kind that make daily living with us as practicing alcoholics difficult and often unbearable, just too bad to be accepted, could be extended almost indefinitely. We are fantastic artisans of treating people poorly. I mean, you get in the picture, I, we get into the big book, it's just this tiny little thing. And then, you know, you might hear from your sponsor, just make some buckets and we're going to go over to the fourth step. And, can you get in touch with how badly you treated other people? Can you get the idea down in your soul that this doesn't, cannot, it should not remain like it is? That we owe something to this world for this gift of recovery. That we have a debt to pay. We have a price to pay. And it's time for other people to get what they need from us at our expense. At our expense. We've been getting everything from life at their expense. How about we give something out at our expense? What better place to start on this new way of life as we walk from seven to do God's bidding than to start immediately tackling difficult issues that we don't want to think about at our own expense? That's the payback, that it's at our expense. When we take such personality traits as these into shop, office, and the society of our fellows, they can do damage almost as extensive as that which we have caused at home. So those same crazy things, you know, we do them everywhere. What some people think they live a double life, but I don't know that any of us really actually live a double life. We just think we do. We think we're fooling people. And for a time, we probably do. But I'll bet most of the time we don't. We think they know and they just disappear out of our life. They don't tell us. Think about that. Having carefully surveyed this whole area of human relations and having decided exactly what personality traits in us injured and disturbed others, so there's five and six, we can now commence to ransack memory for the people. What? We can now commence to ransack memory for the people to whom we have given offense. To put a finger on the nearby and most deeply damaged ones shouldn't be hard to do. Shouldn't be. But it is, especially if you wait. It's, it's so important to dive into this vigorously. It's, the benefit sits there. If you wait, this gets difficult. It's just hard to remember. I mean, you're having a good day. Things are good. Why do I want to think about these things? And it's also important to go through this with a sponsor that can trigger and ask you certain questions. Maybe a trusted family member that's supporting your recovery could be asked as well. That's risky. I've done that. That's risky. Anyway. Then as year by year, we walk back through our lives as far as memory will reach. Year by year, we walk back through our lives as far as our memory will reach. So you remember that weird thing you did when you were eight? That's included. <laughs> That's included. As far back as it will reach. 
we shall be bound to construct a long list of people who have, to some extent or another, been affected. We should, of course, ponder and weigh each instance carefully. We shall want to hold ourselves to the course of admitting the things we have done. Meanwhile, going first, forgiving the wrongs done us, real or fancy, whether that happened or not, whether it's imaginative or you can show it on the calendar. It doesn't matter. We should avoid extreme judgments. Tamp down what your opinion is of other people, both of ourselves, especially you, and of others involved. See, grandiosity and pride have this opposite form, right? It's called self-deprecation. And it really comes across as self-pity. If, if I can really keep an eye on this and just know I can't make people happy today. I would love to make people happy. I'd love to go around and mix up their sack of chemicals that call they call their self, that thing called you. And I would love, love to make them happy. I don't have that ability. I can do things that influence that. I can affect them and maybe they react happily. I don't know. And I didn't make them bad or make them miserable either. My presence might have and the things I was doing might have. And there's a reason for that. It's because they were vulnerable. They probably wanted to help me and were emotionally connected to my well-being. Consequently, as I hurt myself, I hurt all the people that loved me. Hmm. We must not exaggerate our defects or theirs. A quiet, objective view will be our steadfast aim. That's the marching orders. Whenever our pencil falters, we can fortify and cheer ourselves by remembering what AA experience in this step has meant to others. I love how this finishes. It is the beginning of the end of isolation from our fellows and from God. I think he said that at the fifth step too. Uh, six, seven, seven. So it, it's, it's the idea these are a package, right? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. A lot of people say four through nine, four through nine. So important. So the way that people are instructed typically to do the ACE step is you make three or four buckets, so to speak, right? You got a bucket that's, I'm going to do this immediately or right now. You got a bucket that's later. You got a bucket that's like a maybe. And then you got a bucket that's like a never. Like I'm never, ever, ever going to say I'm sorry or straighten out something or try to, you know, I'm just not going to engage with that person ever, ever again. And you just dive right in. Go to the ones you can do right now. And the interesting thing is as you get better at it, well, so comfort builds capacity. And as we get into the ninth step, we're going to talk more about that. As you get comfortable owning your behavior and you get familiar with who you used to be, and as you walk through these things and take ownership of them, you're going to build the capacity to deal not only with who you are and what you think you are and how you think you used to be, you're going to be able to deal with the capacity of the other people, which will be mostly positive would be my guess, but sometimes not positive at all. And one important thing to think about there is this. The reason to do this is seeking forgiveness. So long as you have forgiven them completely first. So we get this lofty, you know, what is forgiveness? Well, I don't, I don't even know what it is. Is it, you know, am I condoning their behavior? Am I saying, hey, what they did to me was okay because it's not okay. And it probably isn't, right? Is it saying that I don't care anymore? No. Is it saying I don't have these feelings anymore? Mm -mm, nope, it's not that. Forgiveness has a really simple, and I'll give you a working definition because I always need them, so I like to do this, right? So use it or don't use it, doesn't matter. 
no longer wishing the past were different, no longer thinking about the past on what could have been, should have been, or would have been, no longer thinking about the past as something in the future has to be that way, is always that way, or can never be different. No longer thinking of the past as leaning on you to say you have to do something, must do something. None of that. That we no longer wish it were different. It just is what it is. And that moves us to acceptance. And we got to watch out for that word. A lot of us and, and surrender, acceptance, all these things get sort of mixed together into a salad bowl of mystical mumbo jumbo right there. Here's, here's the way to approach this that I think might be helpful to you. This is what I did. I had to come to terms with all this because um, apathy comes in, right? You don't want to be apathetic and complacent. I'll just take my time. You know, we're warned about that in the seventh step, you know, that I get this time. I don't have to make this right now. So maybe I'll just wait forever. You know, maybe my delay is perpetual. Here's the deal. You just write down the people that you believe you've hurt, right? And you put them in those buckets, which is right now later, maybe, and never. And as you get better at it, as you build that capacity to make amends, as you learn the right words and you get a response, your laters are going to become nows. Your maybes will become laters and nows. And some of those nevers are going to move over too. And as you get better at this, you'll find that to be true. There's another key word in this step and when we read it just in its one sentence form or whatever it is, right? Then we make this list of all the people we had harmed. It starts off with the list from your fourth step, but as you go back year by year and get that detailed assessment, this list is definitely going to get longer. And we become willing. So willing, once again, our working definition of willing for the sake of this big book study is just an agreement up here, agreement in the mind in the secret place, right? The agreement to do something that's with me. It's a commitment I make to myself. It sits in between reluctance and readiness. And step eight is a readiness step. It's going to help you see how you affected other people, hopefully put you in touch with some level of regret, remorse, guilt, shame, a wishing things were different, uh, wishing maybe you had done something different, sort of a scratching of the head going, what was I thinking? Well, you weren't, <laughs> you know, you weren't thinking. And, and it gives us that structure. So it's, important to couple step eight with step nine and that word willingness. Because once you, the only way to free yourself from that guilt and that shame is a really strong sense of willingness that you're going to take that third step key of willingness and crack open the door that if you run into any of these people, you're willing to do your very best to own your side of the street, not take their inventory, not even bring up what they may have done wrong. Just forget about it and do what you can to handle your part played all that fancy talk, right? To do what you can to handle your part played in the grocery store. I've seen this happen. I've, I've, I've had that happen. In an airport, I've had this happen. People I did not expect to have this conversation with, there they are. Here we are, and we have this conversation. Willingness, just the littlest bit of willingness, remember, will open the door, and then things will start to happen of themselves. You'll run into these people, and there's a certain amount of this that can just be God-driven. That willingness says, God, if you put them in my life, I'm going to do your work. Immediately, without reservation, I'm going all the way in without any reservation. And if you can get that frame of mind, start into the amends process. Remember, it is a lifelong process. Things are going to come up over and over again as you pull back 
pull back the weight of it all, as you pull each pebble out of your backpack and you look at it and you go, oh wow, man, I, I remember doing that. And you want to throw it away. Look at that. Look at the name on it. Remember the pain. Remember the embarrassment. Remember the shame. And say, hey, man, you know what? I don't want to do that ever again. And the moment I get a chance to see this person and straighten it out, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and commit to yourself and keep those commitments. Because the penalty for not keeping those commitments is rough. And one of my friends who really needed to make amends with a UPS driver, right? She was... Uh, very much afraid to make these amends. She had treated the guy really poorly and had deep regrets about it. And we would go out to lunch or we'd meet here and there. And everywhere we went, that UPS driver seemed to be at. We live in a small town up in North Georgia. And uh, everywhere we went, everywhere we went. And one day it was just like, just go deal with this for crying out loud. We haven't seen that UPS driver since. We haven't seen it since. It got, it got dealt with. It was this huge weight. It was a big rock in that backpack and it got pulled out. It got named. It got called for what it is. It got owned and it was able to be thrown away. Wonderful. Wonderful. There'll be cases where it doesn't go that well. So here, here's your place you can talk. Here's a place of discussion. You guys ready? Are you willing to talk about an incident where you really honestly hurt somebody? Are you willing to get in touch with the emotions and then be absolutely willing? without reservation, without reservation at all, to get out there and make amends with this person as soon as it is possible. And if it's not possible under your control, you don't know where they are. If you run into them five minutes, five years, five decades from now, if you live that long, will you do it then? Or are you going to rest on your laurels? Life is good. Why would I bring this up? Ask those questions. Let's talk about how we've heard other people. And if you've been through this process of the eighth and ninth step, let's talk about how well that worked out for you. I hope you have a great discussion.